Good afternoon, Chris Black. Oh, what's up, big dog? How you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I am just uh, I'm I'm going over I'm going over on another trip, a little weekend little weekender to Sedona, AZ to get to get my third eye all the way wide open. Because I think your third eye right now is just cracked, and we need that shit bust down open. <laughs> the eye has cracked. The eye is cracked, but it needs to be busted, and I think that that could take TJ to another. And you know, I saw you at the tennis court yesterday, and and you seem like you had a few supplies for this third eye opening. Uh, yeah, I have drugs to, to <laughs> take out there on the. And we ain't talking. We ain't talking a new can of Wilsons. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we are talking a new can of Wilsons. We are not talking a quarter a quarter ounce of of cookies finest this is <laughs> this is a great uh this is a great package of of stems and caps for your boy to take take part in i don't the only thing i'm wondering is do i do the whole eighth god dose or do i parcel it out over a day or two uh i would say obviously i mean this is coming from me do it all at once um mm-hmm. But because, you know, you don't want to wait. You don't want to have two mediocre highs when you could have one smack dab high. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the, the, the it's not a problem. But the thing I need to take into consideration is when you're doing that, it's like it's a real, you know, take my keys. I hope I have, you know, get, get all my water and supplies, like whatever is going to be happening for the next, you know, six hours. I am. I'm checked out. I'm unavailable for anything. Are you saying that you're not usually checked out for six hours at a time? Because I, I mean, you know, I, <laughs> it doesn't sound. I like, well, you know, I like to be, you know, believe it or not, I do like to be in control of of the situation. I like to know what is happening at all times, you know, in case there is an emergency of some sort, whatever it might be. You know, we're 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 we. The place we're staying at has a pool. I don't want to, you know. Get, if you're big get, ass, get if you're my big little ass, drown on. If you're while big I'm ass, dr- if, if you're big ass drowns and and limits one of my fucking income streams, you're in trouble. <laughs> okay, we can't have TJ dying when the bag is finally starting to get delivered. Like that. So, ain't okay, so bro. if if I die from uh, from drowning. I'm going to be in big trouble, is what you're saying? <laughs> yes, you will be in big trouble. <laughs> the ones closest to you will will be upset, but mostly I will be upset about the bag loss because I couldn't right, go right. on. I, I couldn't go on without you. Yeah, because you don't know how to turn the recorder on. But it is true. I do have a mouth to feed, and and uh, it's pretty much just mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> and this boy, but you're a big boy. You like to eat, fam. I do like to eat, and and oh, because you know, that's that's what the majority of the podcast revenue is going into, is just uh, you know different top tier culinary items. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, I don't look. I'm not going to police what you do with your money, but you could probably be a little more responsible. I mean, I don't, I don't buy, I don't spend my money on clothes. That's all for free. The drip is is not for sale. It is, <laughs> it is for, uh, it is for a donation. Uh, you know, otherwise, you know, what am I really spending my money on other than I literally bomb ass, bomb ass meals? I don't even spend my money on, on natty wine. 
I literally, I literally, Jason, when we were at the, we were at the cabin over the weekend, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a cool fleece. Where'd you get it? And Jason literally like got it from a dumpster <laughs> at his neighbor's house. So he's not kidding about the drip being free. The fleece vintage North face was fire, but I was, uh, I was it impr- is, it is not from a dumpster. Uh, when I, when we first moved in, uh, my neighbor was having a yard sale because he was moving out and he had a bunch of dead stock eighties and nineties heat. One of that being a, a great North Face piece that, you know, you what is, what is it? You you said you could have piece. you could have seen that for a one fifty on Grailed all day long, you know. I got this I shit know, for like I, four dollars. I don't know which Depop sellers you follow, but yeah, probably one, <laughs> probably probably one fifty or so. I know you're more of a traditional. Both of us Gen, Gen Xers, we're big eBay heads, so you know. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't want it if it's that easy. I like to. Uh, I like to sniff around for my truffles. I don't like to go to Italy and have them served up for me. Thank you for that great analogy, bringing it back to food. Um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, I got I got some new drip for my birthday. <laughs> you do have a new drip, and and, I, and her name is Tabby. And I wore so I I've never been vocally against the the Margella Tabby style. I just never thought I could do it. But Alex gave me a pair of the the Tabby loafers uh, mm. in, in black leather, and I gotta say, bro, I think they're cool. <laughs> the Tabby and the loafers together, you know, you're in trouble. Um, oh no! I, I yeah, they pic- uh, they are a they are a special type of footwear, aren't they? Very special, like their wearer, Big CB. But what mm-hmm. do you? What do you? What do you? I mean, I sent the group chat a pick. What do you think? I, I think they they um, they evoke a lot of hoof hoof like energy. Yes. That's because I'm a stallion, and you do not disagree, <laughs> Christopher <laughs> yeah. the stallion. Chris, Chris the stallion does not disagree. I mean, I um, I was always. It's one of those things that I was always scared of. But like, I think I also thought of them more as like a white heeled boot because that's what women wear. You know, mm-hmm. so when I saw something more approachable, um, and I wore them to Mr. Chow last night, and I felt I was just galloping down <laughs> Rodeo like it was nothing, bro. I, ha- I had a, I was <laughs> talking to, <laughs> I was talking to my LP about the about the the hoof the tabby loafers, and and she was she was offended. She was making fun of me when I asked her what brand they were. Well, that's stupid. I mean, that's a stupid question, Jason. So we all know we all know the the drip is Margella. Okay, so follow up question is is Mar? She's like you're joking, right? And, uh, so my question is: Is Margella the only shoe or clothing company that makes a tabby shoe style? Well, yes. I mean, I think that he's done a heeled boot. There's like a a, a canvas sneaker. There's the loafer. No, no. no I, I mean, like, so no other clothing well, brands well, or shoe brands makes a tabby at all this is this like a patented technology yes, that yes. Maison well, Margiela has I don't I don't know if you remember this because you know you were wearing fucking flat brim fitteds but the um mm-hmm. there was a there was a Nike Rift the Air Rift which is a very cool kind of running shoe that had a split toe um right 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 that was when you were wearing Herschel okay go ahead Bitch, I've never worn Herschel on God, and I will come. I will come through this microphone and slap the taste out your mouth for that kind of talk. We ain't doing mm-hmm. that, bro. We ain't doing that. Okay. So, so long now story short, Margella is the down. only Margella is the only company that has ever made a tabby shoe. That's my understanding. Yes, I mean the Rift is basically the sport version with a strap, and Nike also made the split toe socks. It's very cool for a chick. I think for a dude, it's it's a little it's it's not cool, but um, great, a classic Nike piece. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, are they comfortable? Give us a give us the rundown. They're very they're very comfortable. I'm going to wear them today for our meeting. Oh, thank God! And that's something yeah. that you would you would never wear a sock in. This is this is sockless they, only. They right? do they do make a split toe sock, but loafer. I mean, I don't wear a, a sock. I, I rarely wear socks unless it's with sneakers anyway. So it kind of tracks for me. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You know, for our fellows out there who might have some sock sockless issues, you know, in terms of maybe moisture and odor, what are some <laughs> What are some CB tips for you those out go, here? You better pray to God that should go away. <laughs> okay, that so you, all you can do is really find find peace with your maker because there's, peace, there's nothing else that you can do. And the pro tip that I always distribute, which is great advice for anybody, if you're going to wear a canvas shooter in the summer with no socks, buy a pair, throw a pair away, buy a new pair next season. Don't let's not be cheap. You know what I'm saying? I know it's not sustainable, but we're talking about fifty dollars here. You know, mm-hmm. it, because nothing ever looks, nothing is more uncool than a no-show sock. That is the least cool thing you can do. And trust me, if you think we can't see it, we can. We can see it. <laughs> it's okay? true. Even, even if you, even if you absolutely cannot see it, we we just know that it's there. We sense. You know. We sense the energy of of the the no-show sock. Whatever whatever shoe emanates big dick energy no show socks will take that away and give you tiny tiny 50 year old man driving a porsche energy what do you feel about the look of of just walking around i mean what if you what if you own the no show sock like when you see people you know men or women or or, you know all 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 types of non-binary individuals as well (laughs) wearing wearing like a pant or a legging or something like that and then just the no show sock no shoe like you know when they're just kind of making tiktoks in their kitchen if, I, if you own that look then what what if it's like no, a very no, no, attractive no. person doing it no jason i know what you're getting at here and i'm not gonna let you wear size 17 no show socks <laughs> this okay, is not so this does relax. not apply to me at all i'm talking about you know like you know if you're younger you see some like college some hottie. college chick you know a, a college hottie Wearing the no-show socks with 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 the confidence rivaling that of an Emrata, perhaps. No, we're out on that. No, we the, can't. The, we can't do it. The no-show, although I understand its existence and its boom in popularity in the last five to ten years, I will never accept it as an option for men or women. Yeah, unless you're would, unless you're doing like reformer Pilates and you have grippy socks, then I'm mm, gonna let it slide. Okay. Only only in the studio. Only in the studio. Okay. Yeah. Or if you're I, in the ho- think- or or if you OD on drugs and you're in the hospital, they also give you a similar sock. That's fine too. The <laughs> there's there's the overdose socks. No, but there's the, I'm joking. But there's a hospital sock <laughs> that that is grippy, similar to a grippy sock for a Pilates or yoga class that they would give you. Mm-hmm. Similar, similar, so but no, not the same. So not only uh, is the food and beverage uh, program at Cedars good, their um, their atelier and their cobbler, <laughs> yeah, uh, is also putting up some great products. Yes, it, the whole situation is on fleeky. Okay. Well, that's good. Speaking speaking of um Emrata, she's she's trending right now for uh for a story that she wrote. Did you read it, Chris? Uh I read most of it and it was very good. And I um Is there anything that she can't do, you know? Honestly, I mean, I think it's a it's also something I feel like she, only she could could write, which I think is the key to to writing in general, the point of view angle. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's mm-hmm. so it's so wholly her in this way that we don't basically she's talking about how she like can recognize herself better in paparazzi photos than like her in the mirror and just the struggles that come along with that and how like I mean, there's a whole thing about Richard Prince painting her and her boyfriend buying it, and this whole it's 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 good. Mm. It's really good, and it's it's got like I mean, 
I think we all knew that she was capable of of more. Obviously, like I think she's been on that trajectory for a while. Um, but more than I, what, Chris? More than a model, bro. More than oh, okay. more than more than just a a more than just bo- a pretty face. More than just a body in an in a Robin Thicke video. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like. But it's interesting because there's going to be, I guess there's a whole, a whole, I don't know if it's a book, but there's a collection of essays that this is from that New York Mag- Magazine published the, the excerpt. So, but it's mm-hmm. great. And that's why, I mean, there's a reason it's going viral. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very good. And I think we also like as a, as a culture when a celebrity model, actress, you know, singer, whatever it may be, does something kind of self reflective, but very, very good that we actually can't relate to. <laughs> But it's mm. like it's so it's so well done that you do are able to pull things from it that feel valuable, and I think that's kind of what this story did. We're we're able to actually truly empathize with somebody like Emily Ratajkowski, who it's pretty hard to find any empathy for. Exactly, exactly. I'm a heartless monster when it comes to celebrities, and I felt a lot of empathy. And I'm I'm um I that's powerful. Yeah, I saw that she was. She was being sued by a paparazzi photographer for, for posting, posting her own photo. <laughs> a yeah. photo of herself on her Instagram stories where you can't even see her face. Well, that's a common that's a common way. That's a common issue though with with now with these agencies. Like that is that's the thing that's happening now where the agencies are suing people for their own photos. Like that I've heard multiple stories about brands getting kicked off of Instagram because because a claim mm-hmm. is filed by the by the paparazzi agency, which is just I mean, it's all very confusing because it it makes no sense, but it's also just some weird business and laws that like are are obviously yeah. in favor of the photographer and the agency, but I, I do think it's it's pretty they could, they could find some loopholes in the system that are truly unfair. I I would just like to be a fly on the wall uh, in in the courtroom proceedings of like your honor were <laughs> let the record state that the photos were not on the grid this was only <laughs> a story post and then and then everyone in the jury goes Ooh, like you get like a little quiet hum and whisper amongst each other i like this i like this idea for the for the dramatic reenactment for the hbo show for yeah for emrata ncis <laughs> uh but yeah read the story it's on newyorkmagazine.com um i'm sure you've seen it on the tl uh it's doing a little something we like to call in this show going viral um viral virale okay so we uh we have a guest today tim heidecker who is known for being on the tim and eric show with eric warheim he became uh a a actual legitimate recording artist not making comedy music but i'm actually making very good honest uh you know beautiful cb style tunes on on uh friend the of the friend of the, the pod jaga jaguar uh he also has a new show coming out that actually got announced today it's an a24 vehicle on showtime called Moonbase eight um which uh is is i like the timing of this you know what i'm saying he's coming here to promote his new show i guess you 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 are into the uh the press the press tour energy that's going on of like well you know we have a new the the we went to deadline we saw the new shows being released on showtime how could we not go on how long gone exactly how long discuss how long gone is a must stop like the way that letterman was in the 90s how long gone is for the for the 2020s let's just you know That's we're not only starting the, to feel like we're not just the gay howard stern we're also the modern david letterman <sighs> exquisite okay let's give uh let's give timmy a call 
Bang his line, mate. Have you heard of a thing called Sonos? You should try it. I do Sonos. And that's a problem because I've got, listen to this. I've got two areas in my house that are not on the same network. So how is Sonos going to deal with that? Man, Hollywood must pay well. How big is this house? It's a compound. I mean, it's like oh. it's like the David Koresh situation over here. So, so Tim, did you move to Austin just like Joe Rogan as well? Now that the pod is really taking off, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna see if I can get about a quarter mile deeper into the earth than he than he currently uh-huh. is. That's smart. That, that bunker, will affect the Sonos. That bunker he's got. I mean, what the hell is that look? I mean, I I have a lot of questions about Mr. Rogan, but I I think the bunker is top five, maybe. Yeah, me too. But that you know, he probably he probably receives like multiple death threats every day. He has like armed security with him, all from like you know smoking doobies on on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> yeah, somebody mentioned to me they're like, uh, he didn't did he did he realize that pot is illegal in Texas? Did he did he game that one out? I, I think like, <laughs> I think he's still working that working around that one. Uh, maybe he maybe he moved there to lead this charge for legalization. Maybe I don't know. What he's, what is your what does your security detail look like, Tim? Uh, I have the ATD uh, security system <laughs> that is currently okay. um, probably out of batteries around the house. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. But you are you are working on getting some new batteries soon, probably. I should. I should. Let's let's let the audience know that I'm unprotected at the moment. I'm the shields down. <laughs> <laughs> well, where where are you in Los Angeles, general area? Um, Glendale, uh, East Glendale, uh, right, oh. wow, the, right on, right in the smoke zone, like really. Glen, Glen, awful. Glendale. Is Tim, what we call Tim, that. I am also in Glendale, but I'm in a different smoke zone. If you know what I'm saying, brother. I th- uh, like uh, hookahs or something. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, hanging out with the <laughs> hanging out with the Armenians. That's brand. exactly right. Mm-hmm. J- Jason, Jason is deeply embedded in the Armenian community. They respect him quite a lot for some reason. It took me a while. I'm I'm West Glendale though, so you know, take with that what re- you will. I wish I had their respect. I don't get. I don't get. I don't get eye contact. How many cigs do you smoke? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I gotta find my park. I gotta find my park and sit and and like sit and smoke and maybe I mm-hmm. can. And wear also wear like a winter clothes uh, throughout the year, <laughs> year round. That is actually a perfect description of the Glendale Armenian community. Even as an outsider, I recognize those traits. Yeah, I noted when I made the when I made the move from Atwater Village to Glendale. It was it was five minutes away, but a world apart. And there was I, I never really felt fully um, welcomed by the by the Armenian community here. But now that I am a resident, you know, I feel like I've I'm I'm in their good graces now, and I don't exactly know why. I think it only really does boil down to smoking cigarettes. <laughs> well, maybe I'll have to start up again. Well, I'm no. good. I mean, no, don't do that. That voice is like honey, all right? Thank you. <laughs> now is your time. I mean, at least you're not are – you, are you vaping then? No, I'm not. I'm, li- I'm, li- I'm living a clean life right now, but uh, I was I – did, I did dip into the vape. Uh, mm-hmm. like a year or two ago, and it was way more. I found it way more addictive than I remember cigarettes being. I think. It's, oh yeah, it's like insane, and it also like uh, 
it kind of like gave me all these weird facial tics and I was <laughs> what? And, yeah, what? It was weird. I was just like kind of, I'm doing it right <laughs> now, but I kind of had these weird, like my just uncontrolled, like very subtle, you know, you wouldn't have noticed it, but I was, it was just a kinda, little, a little Parkinson's. Yeah. Yeah. And I found myself like sneaking into the bathroom at restaurants to puff. And it was like, what the <laughs> fuck? How did this happen? Get me. This, <laughs> Damn, is, that- this is awful. That's a cautionary tale, actually. Maybe that's why Jewel got banned. I, I didn't know it was. I, didn't, I haven't heard it, uh, something that serious before. No, vaping truly is way more fun than than regular cigs. I've I have experienced, and I I miss it sometimes. I think about it, just the ease of a, of a morning puff without having to go outside. Yeah, I mean, it is a good. It is a very, very, very temporary, very quick good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That describes a lot of things, I feel like. So, Tim, so you're in Glendale. You have, um, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a nice little coronavirus. If you, if you did have to leave, you know, if you, if you fled the city and went somewhere else, where, where would you go? There's nowhere to go. <laughs> there's, there's no escape. I mean, you're I, not going uh, to not going to Utah or something like that. No, I can't. I don't. I, I, I no. I don't like the desert. We went. We drove up to uh, Montana in July to see my sister, and she lives up in Butte, Montana. And okay. uh, it's it's you know it's nice up there about like two months out of the year, and we were there <laughs> during one of those months. So mm. I think about going up there a little bit. Maybe you know uh, it's a good uh, hideaway, but. Then you've got all those mm-hmm. shitty people up there, you know. There's, there's all these, I, uh, you know, people yeah. with guns and trucks and stuff. I don't want to be around that every day. <laughs> well, those are my people, but I still don't want to be around them every day. Exactly. So I, I grew I, up I around understand. those. I grew up around those people in Pennsylvania. I, that's why I, I split. I forget that Pennsylvania has a deep redneck culture. I'm from Atlanta, and we have a, obviously a very deep redneck culture. But I, f- I feel like Pennsylvania is is rivaling us. I, I think it's un- underreported. I think it's I would call it a fat neck uh, group of people. <laughs> oh, so they're so they're overweight and have guns and trucks, or, <laughs> yeah, or that's pretty, okay. Yeah, I think it's the same vibe, but you guys just have more like cheese consumption per capita than the South. Yeah, my vision, my my image of like the typical Pennsylvanian where I grew up is a is a very very like morbidly obese man coming out of mm-hmm. a diner sucking t- uh, food out of his teeth, sucking it with his <laughs> with his lips. And- well, yeah, we all know that sweet sound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's my ringtone. Um, but the the did you live in Philadelphia for a while too? I did, uh, yeah. I went to Temple University in North Philly, so I was there for about five five years. Do you do you harbor any feelings for Philadelphia? Because I hate it there. <laughs> um, I had a. I mean, I was in college. I had a great time there. I made a lot of good friends, and I. I, uh, I last time I was there, I kind of walked through the the historical section of the city, which is cool. Yeah. It's cool that's there. This this you know like Independence Mall and all that stuff is like. It's this crazy connection to like a very ancient. Uh, you know, not ancient, but uh, you know, I, I think old it's as hell. Old as hell, yeah. <laughs> so you don't, I, you don't see that at all in California. You definitely. I mean, last time I was there, I was on ecstasy and saw Soul Wax play. So it's, maybe I should revisit. I haven't been. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been in a long time. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Fun. It, it was cool, I guess. But I, you're right. California is a very new city. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Before we before the white man took it, Tim. Um. <laughs> 
Let's talk about. Uh, I want to talk about your your transition into the music career. I know you know <laughs> your your record came out. How long has it been now? Um, it's coming out next week. I think twenty fifth. Oh, okay. Yeah, the twenty fifth. But of you September. you were you released the first kind of like we're doing what you do. You put out some singles. You we love singles. Stoke. You put out some videos. <laughs> one video, and you get the promotional. <laughs> we were supposed to have a vi- another video and. Uh, it's still in the works, but yeah. So we, we were hoping, out. we were hoping this was a stop on your promotional tour. Can you say that for us, please? It is. I feel like you guys went outside the uh, normal channels dealing with the the PR gang. You went direct, so they're we, not. We go, we go direct. That's kind of our approach here at How Long Gone Industries. That's you know what, what I, I mean? do, do th- on. Uh, that's what I do with office hours. I just, you know, call my friends or bug them to come on. Most of the time. Yeah, we do the same, except ours aren't as famous as yours. But still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we all we also don't believe in paying a you know retainer fee to a PR firm when you just when you can just DM them. You know? Yeah, I know, it's, I know. I, I the world. It's a it's a it's it's hard to justify it because what I, what I find is you do it and uh, the same ten places pick up the story and the same the same mm-hmm. twenty five people look at it and you know it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get hit? Do publicists hit you about the podcast to have people on? No, we don't have anybody listening, so nobody cares. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, the record. So the record comes out in two weeks. You have two videos. There's two singles, right? Yeah, there's two singles. There, There'll be another single and tomorrow. Did and the whole touring shit is fucked, right? Thank God. I don't. I don't want to have anything to do with that. Uh, but it's, that's how you make money. I know. Well, I make money other ways. I've got a. Oh, uh, okay, big dog. Criminal. Okay, Tim, you know, right. Tim. Tim's in the biz, man. So, so yeah. you are not a fan of the touring and um, the live live show vibes, or you've just done it so much that you're ready to hang up well, the hang up I, the hat. I just did a big tour with Eric earlier in the year, and uh, and it's fun. That's fun. Um, and uh, music tours for me, I feel will be will be hard. Um, and not, I wouldn't make money because I would end up spending money to put on a, the best show. You know, I'd bring a yeah. band and I'd mm-hmm. tr- try to travel comfortably and all that stuff. So it would kind of be this weird net, even maybe right. loss. Um, but Damn. yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not the, I like playing music. I don't know if I'd want to do it like every night. Um, cause I, <laughs> cause I, I Tim, you're going to have to do it every night. I'm sorry. This is, you wanted this rock star fucking lifestyle, bro. Well, yeah. You, you already I, you know, had a career going. You know what? Like Nilsson never toured, uh, Harry Nilsson, like, uh, there's people that just don't, that never toured cause they felt like, I know Harry Nilsson, uh, mm-hmm. had, had stage fright and he was like, I, I, I'm not doing it. Fuck you. I'm, uh, I'm staying but in. That, that was back in the time when Harry could make enough money just off of record sales. Right, yeah. So now the like touring and live shows are literally the only way a musician can make money. So if I, I like, I'll tell you what, if I had, if this record becomes a, a, a sensation mm-hmm. and there's a, an absolute, <laughs> uh, you know, desire and, and a demand from a general public to see me play these songs in person, then we will right. figure it out, and I will go in <laughs> gladly and put on a great show. So, so if your manager just keeps calling you every morning, like, "Look, we we're number Glastonbury one." Glastonbury wants you to headline. We are number one. Okay, <laughs> this record's gone platinum. 
Everybody <laughs> is 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 obsessed with it. It's the it's a sensation. You're the zeitgeist right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna put a band. Kanye together. wants to open for you. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so, I think you should you should probably get on TikTok now. I think that could really help you explode. Uh, yeah, I did a thing on TikTok when it first like a few months ago where I declared myself the king of TikTok, and I put up about. <laughs> Three videos explaining that, and I haven't been on it since in about three or four months, so I don't know what my p- presence on TikTok is. Well, at least you own your handle. That's the first, that's yeah. the first step in, in this battle of, of yeah. world domination. Well, I'm such an so Oracle guy. I've always been Team Oracle when it comes to tech. You know, I love... I just love what they do. I love their systems. I love their networking. Uh, so I'm so excited about the future of TikTok and Oracle. You want to talk about a, a, a fucking wireless router? Yeah. The good people down at Oracle, they've, they're onto something. And I've known Larry Ellison for years. Sure, sure, and, sure. You know, it's, I'm just so happy for them. <laughs> uh, success so is great. Was, uh, or is it, when, when you first started releasing music that was serious and not you know, comedy-related... Was, you know how difficult was that or was it not difficult at all and then the more you've done it has it gotten easier or is it still mm. does it still feel a little foreign to you uh well it's uh, the perception of it has gotten easier i think it was i thought it was originally going to be uh interesting that i was always you know do try every time i do something it should feel a little different or it should feel like it's not what you expect cuz that would get boring if I just kept kind of churning out the same sure. kind of stuff. So, uh, and a lot of people appreciated that. I think there's a lot of people that don't like the kind of music I make that are that like the kind of comedy I make. You know, there's just like mm-hmm. it's just a different kind of thing. It's like you know people consider it dad rock or whatever. You know, like it's their dad's music. So I get that they people- want they want to listen to the Travis Scott and not people yeah. who are name checking Harry Nilsson. Yeah, for example. But there is an audience for it, and the more I do it, I think the more people are comfortable with like, okay, I don't expect this to be insane or uh, really goofy, so it's mm-hmm. gotten a little easier. I mean, I I, uh, I just like doing it, and uh, I like working with the people I get to work with, and the process of it is sort of why I do it, and it's always like kind of, um, an af- not an afterthought, but the, the annoying part is putting it out. Mm. Um, I, I, I'd rather, I would, cool. I, you know, I just like, here it is. I hope you like it. But if you don't, there's nothing much I could do about it. You know, did you put a new band together for this record? Somewhat. It was a collection. It was a, this guy drew Erickson who, uh, kind of produced it with me and Natalie. He sort of assembled this, uh, you know, wrecking crew, uh, group of people that, <laughs> that, that, that he's all buddies with. Some of them I had played with before, but this group called the Lemon Twigs. Uh, bunch of old brothers. session heads. Yeah. Bunch of old sell- session guys wearing St. Laurent. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, well, the Lemon Twigs are like 22 years yeah, old. Yeah, no, I know. But, but they're old souls. Like, they play, they're just absolute geniuses uh, musically. Mm. And uh, so some of those, like if some some names, if you will, but also some just solid players who... Um, show up on a lot of these kind of records nowadays. Um, and did you, did you do it in L.A.? Yeah, we tracked in L.A. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ended up going to this studio in uh, the Valley called Valentine Studios that was this weird, um, 
like a time capsule. There, there was this 70s, 60s and 70s studio where like the Beach Boys recorded and people like that. Mm. And But it was boarded up in, in the late 70s and just opened back up a few years ago. And it's like you walk into like a rock and roll hall of fame uh, exhibit or something where it's like all pres- you know preserved orange carpet and bra- yeah. mm. brown baffles everywhere and stuff so it was very much uh, the cocaine the is mood. still on the mirror the cocaine and quaaludes are are all over oh. the place yeah <laughs> damn very very cool and natalie is is wise blood correct natalie is natalie is wise blood <laughs> natalie I- is <laughs> uh, and did you got you guys had a relationship before this? Not really. We had known each other. We had played a couple shows together or on the same bill, and we had some mutual friends. But it was uh, it was it was pretty uh, casual. It didn't couldn't say she was a good friend or anything before we recorded. It was a little bit of a let's see. Still isn't. Still is not. Still purely work. <laughs> Purely a work relationship. I don't. Yeah, honestly, guys, I don't really like her that much. But you know, she's fun to work hey, with. Hey, you know what? She brings talent. She's a super singer, but a uh, nightmare mm. to be around. So we just kind of a crummy listening. gal to be around. Yeah. No, uh, it's been. It was. It was a fun experience. It kind of just like let's see if. Uh, sometimes you have to just try a collaboration, see if you get along, and you know, if if, if it didn't, it probably wouldn't have gone past a couple mm. days in the studio, but we, we got along well and liked all the people we were around, so we we kept at it until we had enough songs to warrant an album. I was going to ask you, did you go in with the songs, or were they? did you write them in the studio? No, I, I had, a, a, I had like most, I had uh, like five, five or six songs uh, that I had just sort of sitting around, um, yeah. and, and I brought them in, and after that session, I kind of wrote another batch of, with the uh, with the project in mind more specifically, um, and uh, I think you know there's some changing and writing and and finishing yeah. that happens in the studio, but for the most part they were. And then there's one song on the record that I wrote the words for. We tr- like we kind of experimented with the style of I'll write the words and you write and Natalie wrote the music and sang it. So the last song on the record is just this beautiful Wise Blood song that's on my record. It's like this weird. Uh, bonus uh, thing that I get mm. to have on my record. Let's hope that gets picked up for a key commercial. Am I right, baby? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I would appreciate it. I appreciate song placement in anything. I have no objections to that. That's we cool. love we we love song placement on this podcast. It's a big thing that we like to talk about. Well, there aren't Tim, really enough uh, ukuleles and whistling on the record, maybe, but uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> for, yeah, I mean, you're going to need some more whistling for the helpful Honda dealership commercial. <laughs> I keep hearing this this there's there's a Mercedes commercial that was playing incessantly during the U.S. Open, and it has some like really bad like strokes rip off british band in the in the commercial and it's really jarring and now i shazammed it so many times i can't get the song out of my head but it was a it was an interesting modern choice i thought from mercedes yeah that's man. amazing they're 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 constantly innovating they're re- they really are dude they're, they're tim, pushing it forward tim what kind of music do you listen to when you when you're like turning up do you have any type of turn up music turn up what do you mean like get get jazzed Get get into get excited. Yeah, get excited. Maybe you're like you know doing tequila shots. You you're <laughs> celebrating a victory. You know you just sold a script or something like that. You know who I've been listening to a lot that it really puts me in a good mood are uh, are the Faces with the Faces, which are sure you know Hell Rod yeah. Stewart and uh, Ronnie Wood and 
Ronnie Lane, and uh, that's fun music. I, I was like, God, these guys are they're, they're kind of more fun than the Rolling Stones, if you want that kind of thing. Ooh. I highly recommend. It's a little controversial, I know, but yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, faces, disagree faces with are you, great. Though. I don't disagree with you though, but I don't think about it that much. So thank you for the reminder. <laughs> so you're not listening to any any modern rap oh, music, man. dance music, anything like that? No, I have no idea. I have no idea. You, what, you have I kids. Mean, you have kids, right? That's true. I, I have a yeah. I have a seven year old, and she's starting to find modern music that she likes and on her own. Did you did you take her to McDonald's to get the Travis Scott burger or no? I don't know anything about it. No, we don't try. We try not to go to McDonald's. So I, no. That's you're a good parent. Okay, good, good answer. I, I was worried that you had had to do that, but um, we won't explain that marketing ploy to you. But she's listening to modern music, like radio stuff, or something that you're introducing her to. No, just um, probably in in movies that you know, okay, like these yeah. animated movies. They always sneak one of those songs in there. The one song I did like from one of her movies that I l- really do genuinely love is uh, "Try Everything" by Shakira. And it's in this <laughs> it's in this movie called uh, Zootopia, and it's a, just a, it sounds like an ABBA song, and it's very catchy. We're familiar with the song, Tim. Okay, <laughs> no. don't don't mansplain Zootopia to me. No, I'm, I haven't. I'm, I'm not familiar with that Shakira song. I do like another song of hers called She Wolf, which is which is taking back the werewolf narrative for the ladies. I would recommend. I would recommend that song. That's probably my favorite shakira song um you know maybe we'll we'll end this episode with that but it has a nice another abba like disco feel to it yeah i I i'll check it out do you (laughs) i i forget that that are a lot of these kids movies made for adults to enjoy as well i always hear people say that but uh, is that true they're uh, they're i think they're trying to think of the parents a little bit i my there are there's like a quality Index, I guess. There's, there's, you know, the Pixar movies. I do genuinely think on, uh, like, are pretty solid and well made, and you know, some of them are, are actually better than most movies. Um, but there's a lot of fucking trash, and I, and they're they tend to be they're extremely they're very long a lot of the time. They feel very long. They're very like complex and uh full of story and like my daughter was watching like this lego movie second lego movie (laughs) and it felt like there were about 14 different endings because i was kind of popping in and out i'm like it sounds like this movie's wrapping up but then like a whole other thing happens (laughs) this whole it's just like it's it's incredible and these kids what is this the irishman exactly (laughs) damn no (laughs) I yeah I I don't I find because I think a lot of adults see stuff like the Lego Movie by choice and I just couldn't be bothered to see something like that I, I don't understand the appeal. I think um, the Simpsons had a lot of that when I was younger. They always had like you know something to make your uncle chuckle well, Sh- while you're Shrek, Shrek was the one that did that first probably right where it was like this was for kids but there's going to be some pop culture references in here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't care for that tone at all. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't need bullshit. that. I don't need that. I don't need to be pandered to. Just I'm looking for something to 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 separate myself from my kid for an hour and a half. Like, don't worry about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not here for this. It's it's for her. Right. How how are your kids handling the uh, the whole school from home, not allowed to see your friends situation? You know, we're, you know, they're doing okay. They're or are they seeing their friends and you're disobeying the law? No, we're pretty good about it. There's like one kid that we see that, uh, but uh, there's a, 
you know, there, there's this uh, kind of natural move. At, she's right at the age where she can play these these interactive games on her iPad that are like this thing called Roblox, which is a whole thing. It's like a, what do you call that thing with the Minecraft? It's kind of like that. Mm. And she ends up okay. like socializing with kids in that world. And it's not obviously ideal, but it's not like she's some kind of... Um, you know, hermit, mm-hmm. uh, some kind of. <laughs> <laughs> she is in. She's interacting virtually. Yeah, she so seems pretty thank, good. Thanks to the thanks to the good people at Oracle. God, yeah, thank thanks. thank you so much, Oracle, for keeping our systems intact. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of kids, you know now now that you now that you're getting older, you have you have some kids. Do you feel uh, a greater responsibility for for the content that you're putting out or no, not no, no, okay <laughs> got it <laughs> zero why not or i mean do you think that'll ever happen or you're just always going to be a badass like that well i don't i don't see our stuff that as being that controversial but uh mm-hmm. i don't know I, d- I don't tend to like intentionally do something that's going to be really um overly right you know Gross. You're not setting out but, to to offend or hurt people's feelings. Not really, no. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if if anything, it was it always provided inspiration when I had like a baby going around the house with diapers. I think there's a period in our work where you see a lot more diaper comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a sure. bedtime bedtime stories episode where Eric's addicted to eating diapers, and <laughs> um, <Yeah>. so. <laughs> You know, I guess it's uh, I probably draw from them more than anything. So you you see the dirty diaper and you look at that as a as a blessing. I can I got I can do a hot 15 on that instead yeah. of I don't want to change this dirty diaper. No. It's more like yeah, I just I see it all as a uh, fodder. Mhm. That's great. That's the um, best approach you, to life. Do your do your kids watch your content or listen to your content at all? Well, my daughter is very aware of office hours. She's uh, she's been on before. She loves it. Mm-hmm. If I started doing these sort of very casual like live streams on YouTube, where I'm just kind of sitting around playing my guitar and stuff, and she'll like, she's already got that bug where she comes on and is like, "Hi, everybody! I'm Tim's <laughs> daughter, and just wanted to say hi." And you know, like she's really <laughs> got that whatever uh bug so i'm not content creator bug yeah she's gonna have her own instagram uh channel shortly with beauty tips for (laughs) seven-year-olds don't sound too excited that's awful that's awful i take that back (laughs) that's fine that's fine that might already exist to be honest this could be a burgeoning market Tim, did you see did you see the Paul Rudd video where he's teaching kids (laughs) that wearing a mask is cool i did see that yeah what I, I was curious to hear your thoughts on it. Not not for any particular reason, but I've I've seen a lot of friends of mine offer all you know, different types of commentary on you it. You know what? Uh, Paul is a good guy. He's a good. He's a friend. Ooh. We always love when it starts with that. Yeah, and so I, I'll refrain from any further commenting at this time. <laughs> look, look, Paul's Paul. He's a great guy. Nothing. Um, can, okay, nothing that's can, fine. Nothing can. Nothing can take away. Uh, from from the kind of person Paul is and the kind of work he <laughs> generally does. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, what did cr- you think about it? Um, I mean, it's trash, but like, I I I kind of agree with Tim. It's like Paul's given us so much. I don't even know the guy, but I'm gonna let, give him a pass for this personally. Yeah, I'll give him a pass. I, you know, the other thing that I saw today that I would like to talk about with both of you is the that Noel Gallagher is a confirmed super spreader. 
Um, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, I saw. And, I saw that. And as well, a Liam Liam head, as a Liam Gallagher head, I'm I'm honestly I'm kind of happy about it. It, it. it kind of ends the battle of, of which which brother is your favorite for me. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Well, that's that seems contradictory to your super spreading symp- sympathizing, though, Chris. Well, I mean, I what I do, Jason, and what I say, you know, are two different things. Like Got I it. can, I, I don't want to preach super spreading. I just want to do it. So, what you is Noel? What? what is Noel doing exactly? Noel said masks are like we need to be liberated from the mask. He'll, he'll walk into Tesco with the mask off, is what you're saying. <laughs> Exactly, and Ian Brown is all from the Stone Roses is on the same wave. What, I, is, what is it? What is it about these Brit poppers? Well, they're dumb. It's, they're I, dumb. You know, like they're <laughs> dumb guys. They're like, dumb they're not, guys. Like that's what they're that's what guys. that's what we all forget about a lot of these musicians, uh, <laughs> like the Beatles. They chose I love music the, because I, they're not yeah, smart. Yeah, I mean, I love the Beatles, you know, more than anybody, right? But like. John, when John Lennon got political, I get, I, uh, I love it, mm-hmm. but also he's, he's not super educated. So he got like really into, in, in deep with like these very radical guys, you know, and like the, yes. like the uh, Bob, whoever, like uh, in the uh, weather underground or whatever. And he's like, uh, you could see him being like, uh oh, I just, maybe I better step back from this citrus scene. But I mean, mm-hmm. Noel, the Gallaghers can't be too bright, right? I mean, they can't be. <laughs> you know, we're, we're a very pro Oasis podcast, but I'm going to accept your slander because I, I deeply, I, I agree with you. It's true. Well, yeah, not- where, where, where they lack in maybe an IQ test, they, they make up for in stage presence. Absolutely. I, I mean, they're the swaggiest rock band of of my time. I would say, as far as coolness goes. Yeah, I was sure. never a fan. I could never. I I was not. In, I was not a Oasis. Not not that Tim, I disliked more of a, them actively, you, but I. I you couldn't. more of a Blur fella, Tim? Oh, sure. I like Blur, but I I liked. Uh, <laughs> I liked. Uh, you mentioned the Stone Roses. I liked the Stone Roses, and uh, that you mm-hmm. know. I don't know that mid '90s Brit pop stuff. Never, I never uh, like was beca- never was really into it. Sorry. So when but, when when it was to? when it was the mid '90s, you know, I, I you're what you're like around forty or so. Yeah. So I would say my mid '90s were like a mix of classic rock, you know, mm-hmm. your Beatles, Stones, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, sure, uh, the classics. But then you know. Um, I have to say I've been going back to this because it's been a while since I listened to it, but like Siamese Dream from uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Classic. that was big, big. I great, was like great cassette. I was great record. I would say I was a big fan of that. I would be embar. I would you know this is embarrassing, but I probably listened to the Counting Crows a lot. Oh, you um, know, Tim, Tim, funny you say that. I played a Counting Crows song in the car with Jason just the other day, and he acted like he was going to throw me out of the car. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I can't say I, that stuck with me, but uh, not, not only the not only the not only the Counting Crows, but the Black Crows. Wow, oh, wow. Tim, you, you're really you, you and Chris house. have very very similar musical tastes. Yeah, the Black Crows. What, I, are so you familiar had, with the tu- the tour they did with Oasis called the Brotherly Love Tour? No, um, <laughs> I didn't know. Which about is that. one of one of the more brilliant things. But the Black Crows are one of Atlanta's best exports. That I feel like are very underappreciated. Um, uh, yeah, except I, for '90s sluts, they loved it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I found I I listen to the Black Crows all the time to this day. 
Yeah, that one record, that Southern Music, Southern Music, whatever it is, the the brown yes. one. It's great. Yes. It's a great record. So Tim, may- you never you never had a straight edge phase or a hip hop phase at all. No. Um, Good for I, you. I never. I always. And you know, I grew up in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and straight edge, uh, hardcore straight edge, big scene was huge. And every most of the friends of mine loved it or were into it, part of that scene. And mm-hmm. it, I remember just hearing it in, in the back. I can very vividly be, imagine being the back of this guy's Jeep and playing mm-hmm. the loudest fucking hardcore. And it would just it would just drain the life out of me. It would exhaust me <laughs> to hear that music. I couldn't. It was like waterboarding it. for you. I, yeah, it was like it was so uh, hyper centralized or something. Like it was just so loud. I mm. couldn't hear. I couldn't hear what anybody was singing about. I don't know what was going on. So I just would go home and listen to Van Morrison and Cat Stevens. <laughs> Damn, I'm also a Van Morrison. I was just listening to some Van Morrison live this weekend as well, Jason. Oh, man. that uh, is it the, the one? Montreux, uh, the jazz festival, the Montreux, oh, like 79. I well, think it's on YouTube. The whole uh, thing is on YouTube. Well, the one that I love, the live one, that uh, it's the um, – the what's the famous club the uh, famous theater from the seven early 70s that bill graham had the uh whatever fuck something east Uh, the fillmore fillmore east yeah and it's i think there was a recording of it that came out as too too late to stop now i believe yes 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 that is the greatest thing ever that he's he's like just off a moon dance and he's playing that record and he's playing some astral weeks and his band is like fully on fire the bands are that the bands so are good. so his his bands are so fucking crazy yeah they're so good it's insane but did you listen you listen to that growing up like did your parents listen to that uh yeah i think so uh they had i yeah i i, I don't know how much they listened to that in particular but i uh probably yeah i just had the cd i had the that cd i listened to a lot i was really into the talking heads um as well Mm-hmm. I just um, I didn't find Van Morrison until I was an adult, and it really hurts me sometimes. Right. I wish I would have I wish I would have known about it when I was fourteen or fifteen. You know what? It could have. I feel me. I feel like I was like a Rolling Stone magazine guy, where I would yeah. subscribe, and then they would do, they had a great feature that they would like uh, feature a, uh, a like a classic record and like a like from yep. the seventies or something, and they'd write a little thing, and I would often go to the record store and buy it. You know, something like obvious things now but like uh, Velvet Underground and Nico mm-hmm. like I remember or Pet Sounds and you'd see these lists of like great records of all time and that kind of thing and it made me want to be like well if this is if Rolling Stone said this is a great record it's, I gotta check this out you know so I guess I became a little bit of a you know just, just like into yeah, that the- era and trying to find all these things again you know before the internet it wasn't quite as obvious about all this stuff Mm-hmm. Did you hang out at a record? Was there a local record store in Allentown? Yeah, we had a record, a local record store called Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, feels, that's very feels very cool. Canadian. That does feel very Canadian. Now that you've you've done, you've had your comedy career, you've had your your musical career. Are there any other goals that you're hoping to accomplish before before you hang the boots up? Um. I'd like to win an Oscar, an Emmy, Grammy, all those awards. I'd like to be included in that echelon, the EGOT. Okay. Um, the EGOT crew. Uh, no, I just... So am, no, no know, cookbook? 
no, no, nope. uh, you know, other weird side project like that? Model trains, perhaps? No, nothing outside of this incredibly rich, uh, diverse <laughs> career I have, I think. <laughs> uh, 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 guys, I'm doing really well, so I just, I could yeah, leave it at this. all goals you know? have been achieved, so it's, it's, it's a little hard to figure out what to do every day. Damn. And are you using any type of, you know, self-help system to achieve all these goals? Are you reading the mas- the, you know, the master what's it called? The artist's way and all those things. I've d- I've always dabbled in that stuff or like looked into it and then I just get bored and uh, give up and don't So you are you are you just naturally motivated or has it ever been a struggle for you? Um I go through f- I think I go through phases of feeling really like energized with something and really productive and then I I have like periods of being very lazy and unproductive and uh mm-hmm. you know I think I try to use those times to watch stuff or read stuff or what you know catch up on things and uh, not, ch- mm-hmm. no, I, I've learned to like not panic about that because it's like those are just you, you know, you have ebbs and flows yeah. of creativity and stuff. So, in the meantime, you hope like interesting projects come around that you could be a part of, you know, like the mm-hmm. show, the a- acting that I've done or other working on other people's things. And so, um, yeah, it's all, it's all a big chaotic mess usually. And it's like mm-hmm. trying to like this, this. Fall, I've got a record and this show Moonbase coming out, and maybe something else. And it's like they're all crashing into each other at once. But I didn't make all those things at the same time. You know, they're all like mm-hmm. some of them are from like a year or so ago. And so it, there's a perception that maybe I'm like constantly making stuff, and it's not really that's not really the case. Right, right. You, What's you up with this? Film it all and let God sort it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's up with this new show? I saw the announcement today. It was so well timed. Uh, yeah, well, Moonbase, we made this show uh, with John C. Riley and Fred Armisen uh, and Jonathan Kreisel, who's the director of Baskets in Portlandia. Um, mm-hmm. And we got together like a few years ago, and just we all are just such fans of each other and friends with each other. We just thought, well, what could we do? What's a show we could do together that is kind of just the three of us kind of stuck in a room and like where we could just <laughs> mm-hmm. fuck around and and improvise and goof goof off and and we have that relationship already just as friends like on text messages and stuff and mm-hmm. and anyway so we just kind of came up with this idea that we were these astronauts training to live on the moon and we're sort of stuck in the desert living together in this in this dome you know and uh and we just uh, sold it Sold the idea to A24, who makes stuff, and we shot it without a network or without any kind of TV person involved. We made six episodes, like off the grid, kind of from the entertainment industry, <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it was like it was a weird thing. It was probably not the right thing to do, but it all worked out in the end. But then it was like going around to all these places saying like here's a tv show that's fully finished does anybody want it and you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a lot of these places were like what the fuck well, no that's not how we operate like you know uh-huh. we want to be we want to be in on the ground floor of this kind of thing so, so was that independently funded or did a24 give a24, you a, a budget yeah, for that a24 funded it fully funded got it, it. okay yeah. they got deep they got deep pockets too, yeah they're know, doing okay but know. it was a risky move and it's worked out but uh I can't say it was smooth sailing the whole way because then there you, was all did these you guys other shoot it in a we, desert. We shot it uh, in L.A., but there's this like weird uh, quarry up in uh, sand quarry up in like Simi Valley that we shot mm-hmm. it. That was kind of I know the one. You know that sand? Yeah, that's where you go to get all your sand. <laughs> 
for your <laughs> private beach. Um, so yeah, we shot it up there, and then we shot it on a soundstage uh, in Silmar. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was a weird thing to go and do like a full season of a show without really knowing what it was going to be. I mean, we had written it and we had kind of you know did all that prep and stuff, but there is this scary thing about like, all right, now the cameras are rolling and now we're supposed to actually do this. And uh, there isn't like a, you know, that's why you make a pilot is you make something to see what it is and see what's wrong with it or what's right with it and stuff. We didn't mm-hmm. do that because we we're just very arrogant about our own talents and, and our own abilities, you know? Um, and <laughs> just like, like the idea of like getting all of Rightfully us together. So. Yeah. I mean, the idea of getting all of us together at the same time, uh, and building a big set, it just felt like, let's just, let's just shoot a season if we're going to do this. So I'm very, so that happy was a conscious, that was like a very conscious decision, even though you knew it was maybe not the best idea. Yeah. It was just kind of like, let's just do this. And if it's, Fuck it. if it, if it, if it's a disaster, well, you know, we've like Paul, not Rudd, our money. you know, we've made, we've made <laughs> enough good stuff and we can, we can, uh, we can afford a few, a few misses. Let's but, just film a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Get it over with. But we all just got along great and it was really fun and it, I'm really, we're all really happy with it. It doesn't feel like anything any of us have really done before. Uh, in a ver- and for various reasons, it feels like its own thing. So I'm excited for people to see it. So what it's you, it's it's three practice, guys. I'm who practicing are stuck. for my Jimmy Fallon interview, as you can tell from my tone. Thanks. You know? We can do. So, we can let me let me. I'll get Coach some bad Pepper. jokes ready. I'll get some bad jokes ready. Give me one great. second. <laughs> <laughs> so so the the show is is you you three guys are astronauts and you're going to go live on the moon and it's like the biodome style training facility. And then the hijinks ensues. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing was. I don't know. I, Damn. I guess. I guess I don't need to watch it. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. It, it's. It's sort of this. Like, if there's any kind of like above the like a uh, kind of thematic thing going on, it's kind of this. 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 These inept um, white men who are just kind of <laughs> expecting everything to to go right for them and nothing ever does, but there's this entitlement going on that we mm-hmm. think is kind of funny that they're like, they're kind of made irrelevant by various things in the world. And, um, but you know, ripped, it, ripped from today's headlines a little bit. And, and there, it is this like kind of prescient feeling of like the way people might go crazy if they have to live together with people and not leave the house mm. and, <laughs> uh, mm. wear, wear, a you know, protective gear whenever they breathe oxygen sure. outside. So, so that worked in our favor. Um, we're, you know, uh, another happy, COVID happy. victory. Yeah, exactly. Another, another one, another COVID victory. Now, are you a fan? <laughs> do you like when stuff all comes out at once or do you, do you like things to be more like episodic and like weekly or, oh, or is that, like is that binge? passed us by? Yeah. I, per, as a viewer, I would say um, I, it's terrific to have just everything there for you whenever you want. Um, there's almost mm-hmm. nothing I watch on a weekly basis that I'm like all caught up on anyways. So things generally just kind of pile up and then they're already out so I can watch them whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really enjoying Fargo, which I had not watched when it was on. So that's just all there to binge. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think if I was a creator, it's more fun to kind of dr- drag things out or or like have things be on for various weeks, and mm-hmm. it feels more like traditional television that I grew up watching. And you know, build up a little anticipation. Yeah, get people to keep 
uh, writing hot takes on and uh, mm. the real more, yeah, more, more press releases for my publicist to craft craft. I, 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 I didn't think about that side of it, but it makes sense. But I don't I mean, I just feel like sometimes I watch things so fast. I have very little memory of what actually happened. When it's all handed to me, I like plow through it, and then I I might not be able to tell yeah. you in two weeks what even. Imagine happened. if you were stone, Chris. It'd be you're, crazy. Doing, you're doing that's happening to you, stone cold sober. I like uh, I do like the um, you know small bites, especially if it's something I really love. I like I don't want to. <laughs> what about a quick bite though? We call quick Qui- bites. On this show. <laughs> okay, this is a quibby. This is a quibby facing that's, podcast. So. That's too quick. That is way too quick. I need to savor it a little <laughs> more. How 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 big was the quibby deal that you turned down? You can tell us. I nothing nothing delights me more than reading like takedown articles on Quibi. It is a it is like you know a beautiful Sunday morning brunch for me when I open up like a vulture article. <laughs> that, that's how I used to be, yeah. but then I start I kind of started feeling bad for some reason, even mm. though there's no reason I should be feeling bad for these you know billionaire um, yeah. media conglomerate people. I d- after a while I I, I was like, damn, they're, they're kind of getting a raw deal. Yeah, I mean it's I guess there, there's something. I, I've I've actually never really interacted with the interface, so I can't. Con- but uh, nobody has. No, nobody. That's the whole problem. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the whole issue. I, well, what was annoying? I I had pitched a few things there, and what I what really turned me off right away was like, you know, the the development person being like, "I love this. I think this is so cool." But frankly, like this has to kind of go through Jeffrey and. Jeffrey's got a certain <laughs> on the yacht. You know, he's got a certain idea of what's going to work. And I'm like, well, this is doomed to failure right now. I know it because <laughs> what the fuck does he know about what anybody wants anymore? Like, you know, he yeah. certainly yeah. probably had his time um, where that was what. He, but how do you how do you stay connected to what? Uh, you know, if you try to figure out what people are going to want, it just seems like such a losing battle. That's well, that's why you hire bright young minds to you know to do that job for you. Yeah, yeah. You should have said like, well, you're my development executive. You believe in this so much, like, go for it. And if you know if succeed, you if you succeed, great. If not, you know that's what we learn. But it's sort of like that's how mm-hmm. Mike Lazo at Adult Swim was always so great about just being like, listen, I don't really know what's going to work. I like this, or I don't know if it's going to work, but. I trust in you guys, and if you believe in it, then I'll support it. And we'll, we'll, you know, will mm-hmm. you live and die by success or failure? And that that's that's how you figure out what's what what's good or bad, or what's working or not working. Not this sort of like you know crystal ball about trying to predict what people are going to want. Right. Yeah. Do you think at uh, you know at what age do you think that you're gonna you're gonna Katzenberg out yourself and not be able to tell what will be a success or not? <laughs> I have no idea what if I'm if anything I'm doing is is resonating or of interest to anybody. You know, that's mm-hmm. I don't because I, I don't know where people are seeing things. I don't know how people are seeing things. Uh, who knows? I I try mm-hmm. not to th- overthink that too much. But most of your shit is available on all streaming services, correct? No, it's a mess. It's strewn out. <laughs> H- HBO Max put up like an awesome show, but then there's other things that aren't up there, and it's all locked behind paywalls and ripped off on YouTube. And you know, it's it's brother, it's a mess. It's terribly that's a managed. fucking mess. It sounds like you need to get your team on this. I wish I, if I had a team, they'd be all over it. <laughs> Tim, I, we 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 talk a decent amount about fitness on this podcast. Could you break down your your daily fitness regimen to us? Well, it it ebbs and flows like uh, okay. like everything. Um, I've 
so about a month or so ago, I got really, I gained, put some pounds on during quarantine, as I think a lot of people do. I got into some stress yeah. eating and some demotivated, mm. you know, living. Uh, mm. And so. <laughs> demotivated living is yeah, demotivated really cool. living. I like that. Really um, cool phrase. So I started, um, I'm, I really, really dislike working out. I dislike, uh, like, like mm-hmm. the kind of painful uh crossfit kind of thing i really hate that i've tried mm-hmm. that before so what i for the birds yeah so what i've done is like i live on a on about a mile and a half hill and i've been walk, taking very quite you know like two hour walks uh when mm-hmm. when i can like three or four times a week so i'll take like long long walk like six or seven mile walks and mm-hmm. i that's about it and then i've been doing like those little seven minute thing those seven minute wor- workouts on which is kind of that crossfit thing but it's it's not too bad, and so you're, you're, I, I play are you, tennis. Are you telling me that? Oh, you do. I do play tennis, but not this. You know, this since we had the heat wave, and then we had the smoke, and so it's just been like it's not been great time to be outside. You know, but I do like. Tim, I we, we got to go play some tennis sometime, buddy. I'm I'm over here in Fremont Park in Glendale all the time. I'm not. Balls. I'm not great. I'm not great. At all? What's your no? So, well, we neither played, are we, we. We we played yesterday actually, and it was uh, it was actually it wasn't too bad out there. Well, I'd like um, to play. I you can text me at some point. I, I'm not like I said. I, I'm 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 average to below average, but I can play. You know, mm-hmm. like that's so what I don't matters. Know, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised. So these big studios aren't paying for you to have a personal trainer. Or are you just rejecting <laughs> that notion? I mean, I I don't. I mean, look, I know I know a show about astronauts isn't fucking you know Tarzan, but I look you know, I so know. bad. I look so bad in Moonbase. <laughs> like you're not gonna like I. We all like kind of we're wearing these bad polos with like khaki shorts and like it's very it's an unflattering <laughs> look and uh, so and also I think people assume I'm just fat and they're like well we'll get the fat guy to do this uh, part so <laughs> you know it might be career suicide to lose too much weight <laughs> yeah we, yeah I mean a lot of people a lot of people you know the, the Jonah Hill effect can be very real yeah it sure can uh, I don't, um, you were, you were mentioning earlier. Um, putting on some LBs in the quarantine, doing some stress eating. What What is your stress snack or snacks? I went down this dark hole of peanut M&Ms where somebody oh, in my family yeah. bought a like, big party Tim, we are kindred bag. spirits. Wow. We are, the we best are big candy. peanut M&M, peanut M&M hive on it this is side. The best, it are, is the best candy. And we somehow had like a party size bag in the house and nobody else was really eating them. And I would just like pound those fuckers. First mistake <laughs> is first. First mistake is buying that bag. You can't ever let yourself buy. That Have bag. you? Yeah, that's like buying a carton of American spirits. It ain't. It ain't going to end anywhere good. Do you? Have you? Have you ever tried the Unreal brand healthy version of the peanut M M&M? and M? Oh no, I've never heard of such a thing. We'll 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 messenger over a, a bag to the house. I think it could be the solution that you're looking for. All right. <laughs> i'm in i i mean you know my so in my house growing up my dad was a big peanut m&m head and my mom would buy the five pound bag that you speak of but he would he would keep it in the he would never bring it with him he would get up and walk to get a handful and then walk back to the couch as if that was going to help him eat less so whatever works and, it did not work. So that's what I'm saying, Ted. Are you hauling the bag to the couch or are you faking it and pretending that you're eating less than you are? I I would uh I never took the bag with me. I, I would definitely go up. I had a smaller little bowl that I would pile them up into and then I refill see. that bowl several times. 
That's you got what a, I mean. We call that a one hitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Tim, when you're doing your fitness walks, are you doing this solo or are you bringing a dog with you? No, or? solo. Fully, okay. fully solo. And I do a mix of like listening to music, listening to maybe a book on tape or a podcast or something, and then just nothing. And I find that uh, it's very good for uh, ideas. And like if I'm working mm-hmm. on uh, something, I, I, like I generally find that if I focus on thinking about whether it's a new show idea or whatever, like if mm-hmm. I just think about that as I'm walking, like, you know, like magic. Yeah. Answers there, come there's or, there's there's studies that show that the 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 act of walking stimulates certain idea making brain patterns in it your totally mind. Totally works. I, I I am a firm believer in it. It's a little hard. So yeah, it's a little yeah. hard to commit that much time to doing it every day, but I try to at least four times a week. I guess that's good. Chris, you could take a little page out of that book. What the fuck are you talking about? You know, you're you're a little resistant of those meditative walks. I'm not. I'm a. I love exercise, but I like it to be Tim. Whatever you hate, I love. <laughs> I, I want to be destroyed and yelled at. Exactly. That's my. <laughs> that's my platform for 2020. Um. But I just. Yeah. I just. I. I can't just stroll aimlessly. Even though it's not aimless, I know you're like. You know. There's a point to it, but I have a hard time doing that. Um. And I do think it is beneficial. But I feel that same. I feel that same idea hive happening when I'm running. So I think it's. A oh similar, yeah, I, well, I, when I say high. walk, I do a little bit of jogging. Like I, I will jog <laughs> okay. as a, you know, like the little, little. I'll run a little bit and then walk and kind of go back and forth. Um, Tim, la- uh, lastly, I wanted to talk about your about your podcast office hours. Could you, you know, to somebody listening who's never heard it before, could you describe what what this program is? It started really as just a call-in show or I put up a Skype and had audience, you know, anybody that wanted to call in and talk about whatever. And then Mm -hmm. I brought in, uh, so I always did it in the morning and I called it office hours because it was like, you know, I could talk about if you had wanted to get advice or ask me a question or whatever, that was my time I was offering. And Mm -hmm. as we kept doing, as I kept doing it, Doug, who I've worked, Doug Loosenhop, DJ Doug Pound, uh, mm-hmm. came in and he started doing that sort of Fred Norris from the Stern Show thing with with drops and sound effects and stuff. And then Vic came in, Vic Berger came in and started doing it as well. And then we decided, we figured out that we had this great little trinity of minds that made mm-hmm. for like an entertaining kind of mix of, uh, you know, like what you guys are doing, just kind of shooting the shit and talking. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we'd get serious about if something crazy is going on in the world. Um, and then taking calls. I love talking to people, like just getting to talk to some dude in, you know, Milwaukee or Netherlands, the Netherlands or, you know, yeah. or around the world. People are listening in and calling in and telling me what they're thinking. And I absolutely love it. You could do that all day. I could kind of do it all day. Um, I do it standing ups, which is also fun to to uh, to, to for my body. It's also Damn. good for my body. So uh, yeah, keeping that little body s- tight and right. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, do you ever get people who are calling in and, and trolling or or pranking oh, I, you, or anything well, like that? The disappointing thing is, I used to get that a lot more because it was just like a Skype number that was on the screen when we were doing it. And since like COVID, since kind of we, we moved out of my office, my real office to my garage, we, we kind of moved uh, to, to Zoom mm-hmm. and we had, we'd be, sort of have this, our own audience now. And 
it's less of sort of randos calling. It's more of like yeah. fans of the show. And and I do miss that because I love when people call up and be like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, how can you support? <laughs> how, why don't you understand how great Trump is or something? You know, and I'll be like, bring that to me every morning because I love uh. getting angry and yelling at people and calling people idiots and stuff. So I miss that because everybody's so nice now, but it's still fun. And have you have you have you been able to turn the show into uh, a revenue stream at all, or are you are you doing it just for fun? Or how we is, all, how does yeah, that work? we've been able to we've we've set up a Patreon and it's bringing in some real money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing like it's not quit your day job, but there's four of us that that equally split the pot, and you know we put Very some cool. money we put some money into the show. We've made you know gussied up the studio and we pay a, an engineer and that kind of stuff. But it's it's coming, it's it's chugging along. It's doing pretty good, and we sell some ads, and it's you know it's no Joe Rogan deal, but sure. uh, it's it's certainly worth. It's my exciting, time. yeah. And it's cool that ever you know all of your friends get to work together and make a little little yeah. cash on the side, yeah. help cushion the blow during these trying times. Yeah. it's been good to have something to do every week. It feels like a good focus and a good you know yeah it's a good good way to spend my uh, my COVID times. God bless. Well, thanks so much for doing this show, Tim. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, it's lovely to talk to you boys. Tell people where they can find you, etc. Yeah, plug plug the show, new oh. record, all that stuff. Oh, uh, Fear of Death will be everywhere uh, September 25th in terms of you know Spotify and all that. Uh, follow me at, uh, at Tim Heidecker on Twitter and at Tim Heidecker, I think, at something. At Tim Heidecker on Instagram, <laughs> maybe. Any of those places. Mm-hmm. I'm around. IMDB.com slash Tim Heidecker. Woo! Uh-huh. Big flex. <laughs> there we go. There we go, baby. That's what I was looking for. The Showtime. Showtime is coming uh, November 8th. Um, thanks, guys. Have a thanks, great. Tim. We'll talk Have to you soon, bro. Day. Bye-bye. Yeah, you too. Later. Bless us.